Yes, yes. Hello. Welcome back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game. I have It's funny because I have it here on my rundown. I still need an intro greeting, but screw it. We've done 60 pods so far. No intro. It's what you see is what you get. And of course, we are at the place where daily fantasy sports meets the movies, but instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies and how their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. We'll get into more of the gameplay later, but I am very excited to introduce one of my favorite people, a very special guest, Washington Post's own Natasha Shields Sanderson. Say hello to the people, Natasha. Hello, everyone. I was so excited that I got applause. I was actually going to say, do I get applause, too? And you have done it. Thank you. And then you get the crickets just for saying you want the applause. <laughs> <laughs> crickets. No, but yes, you work for the Washington Post, and I always stumble on what it is exactly that you do because I think it's a made-up job. So please tell the people what it is exactly that you do. What do I do? So I am somewhat of a generalist. And my role crosses <laughs> business, <Don't y> <laughs> yes, crosses business development, sales, marketing operations, legal, design and product and engineering. So uh, you're like the liberal studies of a grown-up job. <laughs> uh, something like that. The Washington Post has a new line of business, sort of like a startup within a, a, a legacy organization, which is a lot of fun because I work with lots of 20-somethings, and we are uh, spinning off this, this new business. So, 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 so have, have you met Bezos? Like, I'm from Seattle. I haven't met Bezos. So I have not met him, but he uh, has come on site a few times, uh, both where I've missed him. So Tell him to hook uh, a brother up. You know, we need some money in this piece. <laughs> we're just getting out of our MVP. We're, we're on mobile now, so y'all can, like, you know, change your, your lineups in the bathroom and everything. I mean, you know, your call sheets in the bathroom. We, you know, we're ready to go. How about your boy, Bezos? How about your boy? 206 Love, both from Seattle. Make it happen. All right. So tonight, and speaking of love, tonight the drinking game will be the word love because it is my guest Tasha's Failure to set me up with all of her girls with a broke version of Chuck Woolery's why we were such good friends. How many how many of your girlfriends have I flamed out with? Like three, four, something like that? I don't know. I can't keep track. I've lost count. <laughs> that's right. That, that's where some crickets also. Absolutely. So we will start with one of my favorite uh, parts of segments of the show. Uh, may not be yours, but it's always one of mine because, of course, I'm talking about stuff that I am watching. What I'm watching, damn it. And of course. It is Tuesday, March 21st, 10.30-ish uh, Pacific, 10.30pm uh, Pacific Standard Time, or Daylight Time, I guess, and last night at midnight, about maybe 12.30 Pacific Daylight Time, I was up watching Dave Chappelle on Netflix. That's right. Oh, well, thanks for the sound effect, whatever that oh. was. Uh, <laughs> what, did, you, now, did you get a chance to watch Chappelle at all on Netflix, or have you heard anything? So no, I haven't heard anything about his uh, Netflix series. So tell me about it. Yeah, so he has, <laughs> man, are you sitting down? Brace yourself. We can't see you, but I assume you're sitting down. He got $60 million for three hour-long stand-up specials. Wow. That's right. We got, and we got two of them last night, and I have to say it was hilarious. It was, pre it was pretty damn funny. I, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Yes, that's right. It was 
it was pretty lit. But it was interesting. Because, so he had it, he had it all. He had ISIS jokes, Cosby jokes, racism while famous jokes, racism during sex jokes. I mean, he he kind of. <laughs> He kind of covered, you know, a, a pretty wide spectrum, and I have to say, it, it was hilarious. I really enjoyed it, uh, and and it was good to see Dave back, you know, back in in really good form. The crowd is feeling him. He had he was having a good time out there. He was super comfortable. He was super comfortable. But Dave Chappelle, we saw him a few months ago. Um, oh, in the wild, out there in D.C. or at, in D.C. at the African American Museum, and he looked oh. he looked healthy, and he was excited to be there. And you could tell where his spirit was. So I'm really, really happy to hear about his. Uh, and let, let, let's let's be real. He's swole as fuck now, right? He's just yes. swole. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Because Dave, used I, to I mean, it's kind of skinny. I mean, yeah, he used to be super skinny, but he when he went away, like, I mean, and we didn't see him for like what five years. And then when we start seeing him sprinkled in the wild, we're like, oh damn, like he's. He looks good. Look shoulders. Yeah, he's filled out. He looks healthy. So very happy about that. Yeah, and it's interesting because like, every, like you know, Twitter was trending with you know Chappelle like an hour before the damn thing dropped. Like people were ready, and it's just interesting because I, I mean, I remember we all remember Dave for his great Chappelle show, whatever. It's pretty much what I mean. He was famous-ish before that show. But that show just really elevated him because of, of his social commentary and what have you. And I mean, and and, and make no mistake, his his uh, specials were hilarious. There were there were times I was literally laughing and crying at the same time. But uh, it's it, but it really isn't what it, it, it really wasn't his stamp that made him like a truly like a household name it was Chappelle's show it was his sketch comedy that was you know really kind of topical and and really tackled stuff like race you know really I mean it was, it's timeless like the racial draft you yeah. know uh yeah <laughs> hate 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 I believe that every other I'm day itch. I just remember that I love I love that his portrayal of um Rick James so. Yeah, and, and, and Wayne Brady even came out of his shell in his show. Is Wayne Brady gonna have to put a was Wayne Brady have to put a cap in your ass? It was, it was really funny. So it'd be really, I'd be really interested. I would pay sixty million if I were Netflix to see him do more of a, like a sketch show or sketch comedy or whatever. Yeah. It would be really interesting to see him do that. And and it was it was really cool to see him do like take a little lighthearted shot across the bow. And he said that having to watch Key and Peele while he wasn't working because he's like. <laughs> That's funny that you bring Wayne Brady up. I thought about him a few days ago. And oh, was this like him. a sex thing or something? Why do you think about Wayne Brady? <laughs> he's, he's amazing. I just thought about him in the context of, of Carpool Karaoke. I think he would be an awesome oh. um, host of Carpool Karaoke because he can ah, speak that rhythm um, more so than the gentleman who does it now, who's, who's funny. Cool. But I think, I think Wayne Brady would just knock him out of the box. Okay, all right. well, you hear that, Universe? Tasha Sanderson has put it out there that she wants <laughs> Wayne Brady for carpool karaoke. Put it out. Make it happen. All right, so what else am I watching? Uh, I'm watching The Good Fight, and that is the spin-off. And I know I mentioned this last week, but this thing is so good, and it's so it's, topical. It's just, yeah, have you heard of The Good Fight, the spin-off yeah. from The Good Wife? The Good Wife. So I was a Good Wife fan, and I have not watched The Good Fight because I think you have to have a separate – don't you have to watch, launch a separate platform to watch to to watch it? It doesn't. Yeah, just yeah. you do. Yeah. Legally, yeah, you definitely have to to pony up <laughs> for that stream. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk. But yes, it's a great show. I truly enjoy it. It is. I mean, it is. I mean, I'm not sure if you've heard our, any of our recent podcasts, but um, I I you know I'm I'm very proud of one of the 
the series regulars, one of the co-stars, Erica Tazel, Nay or Nay, uh, Erica Carter. She was uh, one of my classmates down at uh, when I was at the Spelma Drama Department. We were, you know, uh, castmates together in a play. So I have acted with a Golden Globe nominated somebody. I don't know. I think she's been nominated for like Golden Globe, or whatever. Anyways, she's really good in the show. Her character is really fun and and uh, a little stern but funny. Uh, the whole setup for the thing is great. You know, Diane Lockhart working in an African American firm is just awesome. You see a lot of the old like kind of good good wife um, uh, interlopers coming through, like Neil Gross. You know, the um, yeah. uh, John, Jonathan John Ben John Benjamin Hickey. I think that's the name of the actor. He's back, and Neil Gross, the guy who's like you know Chum Hum, the head oh. of like a fictional take of Google's back in this yeah. last episode. They did, um, and they're super topical. And what's kind of cool is that I'm not sure like when they break their stories. It see, it feels super late because this is episode six. And uh, and they work in a world which is you know just like the good good wife did you know which is you know like ours but you know a fictionalized corner of it in Chicago and and so they took on a Milo Yiannopoulos uh, stand-in mm -hmm. some guy he called himself Felix Staples you know a gay firebomb throwing you know uh, mm -hmm. type of agent provocateur and they said he did a really good job because I mean this guy sounds and looks I mean a lot like that. That you know, I mean, like I don't, I mean, I don't know where you stand on on uh, you know issues of free speech and all sort of stuff. But I mean, yes, you, you, we all have free speech. It's First Amendment, blah, blah blah. But you can't say fire in a crowded building. There are certain things you shouldn't can't, or can't say, and and then things that you can't say which are distasteful. Just be prepared for the blowback. And this is really a very interesting. Uh, episode on internet trolls and stuff like that. And I imagine you get some of that at your job as far as like, you know, not only just the comment section, but like the role of social media in, in you know, uh, media overall and, and the expressions of free, free speech. I can't even speak today. Free speech. Give us free, yes. <laughs> how, how, how's the state of democracy over there? Is it, is it dying in the darkness? It's or dying in the darkness. In fact, in fact, I, I should have put that shirt on instead of my UCLA shirt. I should have worn that too. Our democracy dying in the dark. dies in darkness. Dies in darkness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I could I could really do a whole other podcast about like all that too. I mean, it must be very interesting times with, uh, with the, the resident you know just down the street from y'all, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, yeah. Causing, throwing some bombs of his own. That guy is, and uh, he's a he is he is in his own um, genre. And uh, I can certainly say that he's good for news. Right? I was about to say, he must be good for business because I'm sure y'all's uh, subscriptions have just spiked, at least digitally, has, has spiked, hasn't it? Uh, I can't say, but oh, okay. certainly say our, our readership is up. <laughs> Look, about, about every third article I want to see on Twitter is linked to like the Washington Post, and I've already used up my damn free articles for the month. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can hook me up with like 10 more free articles for this appearance. You know, I'm not above taking bribes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Good time I'll to be in the newspaper. What's that? I said, I'll see what I can do. Ah, <laughs> that's fine. So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see what you can do with a good fight for you. You see what you can do for, you know, yes. post with me. So, well, we can do it. We can take it offline, as you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. We'll take it offline so no one gets in trouble. <laughs> also, I'm watching Black Sales. Uh, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Black Sales? You heard that show? I have not heard of Black Sales. So, uh, so Black Sales is like um, it's it's like about piracy, like like actual physical 1600s pirates, like in the Caribbean. Mm. Not, 
nothing not associated with the franchise from Disney. It's uh, and when it first it came out on Stars, uh, it was kind of like a prestige actionish type show when they rolled it out, but it was produced by Michael Bay, so nobody took it seriously, present company included. But it has gotten good over its four seasons. It's in its final season, fourth season, and somehow, I don't know how this, because at first it seemed like, oh, a lot of like, you know, sword fighting and boobs and things blowing up, and I was like, yeah, this is great, but now somehow it's kind of morphed into this like Shakespearean drama tragedy about like, to accept freedom of expression, freedom to be a pirate, what freedom means to people to go, you know, pillage and plunder and all sorts of stuff. And also the nature of civilization, because they're because basically pirates going up against the impending civilization of the new world, uh, Britain and, our area, and what they think it means to be civilized and stuff, which, you know, a lot of it kind of tramples on, you know, f- you know, freedom of expression and, and just, you know, free in, in pursuit of happiness. And, and, and out of this, you can see like, you know, the, the groundwork being laid for, you know, the American revolution to an extent, as far as the ideals of, of, you know, pursuit of happiness and things of that nature. So it's just really fascinating. It's a melange of cultures, you know, I mean, there's still slavery, which is bad, but, you know, freed slaves, you know, acting on their own. And, and just, it's really, it's a really fascinating uh, show where a lot's going down and I really enjoy it. Somehow it's, it's turned into like, it, into something that's, you know, a, b- a bit profound. So you should, you know, you, should, I don't know, you have no time. You're like a mother of like 12, right? A mother of 12. That's right. <laughs> Divide it by by three. Um, okay, so I'm bad at math. I have an English degree. So, uh, four. So is Black Sails on Netflix? You know, it might be. It's a, it's in the stars camp. Um, oh, okay. I know. I know. A lot of these shows are like ring fencing their stuff with, like, you know, like CBS All Access and uh, Hulu. I know is as <clears throat> uh, which is actually a partnership between like Fox and like you know two or three other studios, Warner Brothers, I think, some other studios. They've kind of like you know housed in their own stuff because Netflix was taking their lunch. I mean, they 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 got they got hit to the game a little late on Netflix. Netflix had a free ride or cheap ride. Uh, for those first five or, or, or seven years, but now everyone's kind of running things for their own stuff. So it might be on stars on demand, but if it's not, check Netflix to see if it's on there because it, it's 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 a, it's a fun show. And I'm a sucker for historical fiction. Long time listeners of this podcast know the way to my heart is through some historical fiction. <laughs> Women in corsets and 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 uh, what was uh, Anna anachronistic or or what's the one basically out of time and place cussing because they're all saying like fucks and cunts and this and that it's really naughty language Ooh. but it's really fun i enjoy it and also shades of blue season two so lit i know you've heard of shades of blue right that's a network show so that has um j-lo on it is that right yeah buddy okay i haven't seen it but um uh you know i've i've seen some advertisements for it yeah, because I, I wasn't even, it wasn't even really on my rundown initially, but I was, I was, you know, listen watching, which is how I watched, you know, half my shows. Because one, I've got way too many shows, and two, I'm always working. So, on, on, you know, monitor number one with Shades of Blue this afternoon, and it's season two, and it is lit AF. I love this show. It is, I mean, first of all, for a network show, it's, it's wildly entertaining. It comes on at 10 o'clock at night on Sundays, I think now. Everyone's dirty. Nobody plays fair. You know, they, they, you can see you can see that they really want to cuss. And they really want to like just, you know, open up some bodies like like legit on the show, but they can't because it's network. But it's it's a really fun show from the point that everyone's dirty and crooked. Like, you know, like, so Jennifer Lo, J-Lo plays uh, 
a, a dirty cop on a squad of dirty cops. They have, they have their own little kind of like protection racket. Oh. And in season one, she basically was uh, caught up by the FBI and forced to be an informant against like her boss, who's Ray Liotta. We know Ray Liotta loves doing some dirt. Oh, Ray Liotta, love that. Okay. Yeah, so he's in there, you know, up to his up to his elbows in dirt, and and so she's so the entire season she's like being informed for the FBI on Ray Liotta, who's like you know the boss of their crew, and he and, but he's also family, so it's like you know every episode, oh she's so tortured, and, oh I gotta sell him out, and oh she's like decaying a little bit at a time while they're still going on like a like a long like a long con uh, protection racket thing. It's it's really fascinating. I enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, you should check it out if you get a chance, which I know you don't because you have like twelve. I'm sorry, twelve divided <laughs> by three kids. So yeah. <laughs> Shades of blue. And then finally, thank God, Star is finally over. I don't know how I let myself get sucked into that stupid ass show. I promptly <laughs> deleted it from my overstuffed season pass list once it was done. That was hot garbage. That was a waste of my time. What have you heard about Star? Because I know you heard some something. So I've heard limited things. So that that's the Queen Latifah show, right? Yes. Okay. The, the girl group uh, show from Lee Daniels, a.k.a. the guy who brought us Empire, which is coming back tomorrow. I'm, I'm not an Empire watcher, actually. Um, You've seen it, though, right? We'll like, be, you know about we'll Cookie and Lucius, right? Huh? You, you know about Cookie and Lucius, though, right? You've seen it, right? I've, so I, I did. I watched probably the first couple of episodes of season one. And not feeling, huh? Not feeling the Black Dynasty vibe? <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was too over the top. Things that, you know, sometimes I don't like to see black folks doing certain things, and I just. You've got that respectability politics, Tasha. You've got the respectability. <laughs> so, no, right? Because one of my favorite shows is Power. But okay. I think, I don't know. I like the characters in power. Um, and, and they're often compared against each other, too. And then 50 Cent try to make fake beef between power and empire. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you can't have two good black shows on at the same time. It's like, what yeah, the hell? You know, I love Taraji Henson. She's, she's awesome. Um, and I don't think that they should be pitted against one another for, for many reasons. Yeah, nah, that, that that's weak sauce. <laughs> but yeah, so so Empire's coming back. Excited about that. But yeah, Star's terrible. I'm glad it shows off. But I'm glad you mentioned the type of shows that you like because I was wanted to bring you into the conversation. Have you tell us what you're watching? So as a I, harried mother of four. Is it what? <laughs> as a harried mother of four with a real job and a, a goofy husband who went to Morehouse. <laughs> so I watch Homeland, one of my favorite shows. Love mm. Homeland. Um, Are you caught up? Because I'm only halfway through Sunday's episode. So I am caught up. Okay, uh, don't tell me anything then. I wa- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised that they can come up with, you know, new plots every season and still loop me in and keep me engaged. Um, How do you I- feel about the season so far? Not including, so mentally strike from your mental record the second half of last night, uh, night's episode. How do you feel it's doing this season so far? You know, it started off a little slow um, with with Carrie and her new role uh, as ex-CIA. But of course, she's getting pulled back in. So I I am engaged. I was on the edge of my seat uh, yesterday. So they, oh. they, they've got me. 
they've got. How do, how do you feel like as and how do you feel about Quinn as a cripple? Because I that to me is what I mean. I'm I'll watch. I'm a completionist as this, as viewers of this podcast know. I'm a completionist. I will if if a show is decent or has, or has carried me through some good years, I'll ride the sucker out. It's fine. But I I'm I wouldn't say it's like controversial, but I really do not enjoy Peter Cri- uh, Peter Cripple. Jesus, Peter Quinn. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I feel I feel so bad for Peter, but I love Peter. Like every so every time I see him, and last last night's episode included, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I love Peter Quinn. That's I, that's my boy. I'm like Peter, I love you. Like if I could have him in my home protecting me, like yes. So that's my boy, Peter Quinn. So if someone throws a rock through your window and he and he puts. <laughs> And he put the bullet pass through your hole. You'd be you'd be all right with that. I would I would absolutely uh, lobby for him to not be put into a mental a mental institution. <laughs> oh good God! I'm just so I'm doing so IMDb while you're talking, and have mercy. They are oh, good Lord. They're li- they're listing season eight. It's coming back for an eighth season. Lord. Oh, Homeland is. I will say this about Showtime. They do not let their shows die without sucking all of the bone marrow out of their shows. They Their shows <laughs> typically run seven seasons. They got like, what, six or seven seasons out of Nurse Jackie. That shit was stale after season four. They got like six seasons out of Nurse Jackie. They're going for season eight with Homeland. Lord help us all. <laughs> well, so what else am I watching? Billions. Yes. Love <gasps> I'm a Billions fan. Yes. Love yeah. Billions. Billions. Billions this season, I think, is even better than last season. And it's yep. early, but it's the writing is just incra- is, is crazy good so far. Crazy good. I was mad that they fired Stephanie. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see I, that? No, no, I'm, 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 that's the first show I watch on Sundays. Please believe okay. that. Yeah. yeah. I was happy that, that Wags got his, got his stuff together, but that they had to fire her. I was like, no, we're, oh. we're explicit with the podcast. You can curse. He got his shit together. It's fine. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> but she was like, you know, she was. She well outside of um, the attorney general, um, what's her name's daughter? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, she, Her name is Kate Sacker on the show. Yeah. Okay, yes. So outside of her, Stephanie was you know she was a dark skinned black woman playing in a prominent, a fairly visible role, and so natural was, hairstyle too, by the way. Natural hairstyle, <laughs> and they fired her, and I was like, terrible. You know, but but you know how they did this though. Now now, mind you, yes, black women, black female representation is <clears throat> kind of rare uh, on TV in general, at least in in a in a role like that. But also, what was what was cool is that she was in the boys club and she was kind of like the gatekeeper. We had to yeah. kind of candor, which sucked. But and I noticed not now. I noticed that at this in the same episode, they introduced a new black person, a, a brother who has like this you know big play, which probably is gonna. You know, fit into the into the second half of the season along like the the you know the the big project they're working on, whatever, with this whole currency play with Nigeria or something like that. So I'm like, I'm thinking in the not necessarily in the writers' room, but in like the in the C suites or the executive room, whatever. Like, all right, well, we're getting rid of one black person that sucks, but we're bringing another one. I know. Well, yeah, swap them out. So I, you know, I guess we hit our quota. Um, <laughs> yes. So. That was that was a little uh, disappointing, but I do also like Taylor. I like her role. Taylor is great. You no know, no you, you their role. My name is Taylor. My preferred pronouns yes. are they, their, and them. Yes. I I I like I like they's role. Is that appropriate? I don't know. Who? I, I'm saying I like they's role. 
Baby's right? role. <laughs> their role, yes. I like their role. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, you know, I lapped up episode three, which was the whole poker scene, the, the Alpha Cup thing. I love that that whole we have, we now the poker community now has a new favorite Are poker scene. And of course, you know, the, the writers behind Billions or the creators behind Billions were the ones who did Rounders, so you knew that scene was going to be on point. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. You don't know what Rounders is, do you? I have no idea what Rounders. <laughs> rounders is Rounders is the. Uh, uh, oh, Rounders 2 is in development. I certainly hope that's true. They didn't say that forever. No, Rounders is is the poker is the, the, the best poker movie ever made. It's uh, got Matt Damon, Edward Norton, came out in 1998. Um, John Malkovich playing a Russian <laughs> Teddy KGB. It's just it's it's a classic. It's it should be on Netflix. Definitely look that up. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's the best poker movie ever made. A young Matt Damon, a young Edward Norton. And again, the reason is the reason why it's so famous and popular is because <clears throat> because they get the kind of gritty world of underground poker right, but also the 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 mentality behind poker players right, like how you read people, how you read a board, how you how you apply game theory to life, all that sort of stuff is yeah. really on point in rounders. It's it's really good. I it's it's enjoyable. Look at that. Look how young Matt Damon looks. Okay, Matt, I will. I will. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Well, Gretchen Maul is like the wet blanket girlfriend, you know, a little stereotypical role, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's not about her. It's not about her, damn it. It's all, it's all about the guys and their and, and their their friendship and how to play the game of life. And so, Rounders, look it up. That that's that's your first watch. All right, that's your first okay, well, watch. Let me, let Write that see, down. Let me see if you've heard of this show that I okay. that actually Andrew and I watch, which is hilarious. I watch everything. Have you I watch everything. Catastrophe. Have you seen that? I don't watch that. That's on. Not that's not. Uh, that's on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Coming to America style. <laughs> I I'm behind on my streaming services. Is that Hulu or is that Amazon? I think it's Hulu. That's, right? It's Amazon. Oh, and and I just became a prime member like two months ago too, so I've got no excuse. Very funny. Uh, it's a British woman. This <laughs> American man has a very quick uh, affair over the course of maybe six days and she gets pregnant. And it is truly hilarious. Uh, I did not uh, So it's a, it's a British woman meets American man. They have this affair over the course of a few days, five or six days, and she ends up pregnant. And it, it, chronicles their interactions and plan to keep the baby, but it is hilarious. So you right. kind of bring it up, bring it up green and yeah. Okay. And I've heard good things about it. I've heard good things about the, about the creator, Sharon Horgan, I think. Uh, I think she's also in, the, in it. Um, so yeah, I've, it, it's good. Looks, it's got high rating and stuff. I'm, I could get into. I, I'm I'm str I'm struck with too many shows, even on streaming. I'm halfway through Iron Fist. Yes, I know. Oh, it's supposed to be so bad. Iron Fist is not that bad. It's it's actually fine. I <clears> but um, I'll list. add it to that list. What's that? Well, do you, do you watch Marco Polo? Um, you know, I tried doing Marco Polo. I couldn't get there. I just couldn't get there. Okay, I enjoyed Marco Polo. Well, Game of Thrones is coming back July something. So I'm I am. I am excited for Game of Thrones too. I am over preparing by, <clears throat> so so I, I'm introducing Game of Thrones to someone new, 
who's never seen you know any of the Game of Thrones or whatever. So we start from the beginning. We're watching all sixty freaking episodes, and she and she just saw the Hard Home episode, season five, episode eight, and so so we're pretty excited about that. And it's it's really good. It's it's one of those shows where you really do have to rewatch the entire thing. Maybe not every season or whatever, but at least once in your life you need to rewatch the entire thing because you miss out on so much. They lay so many Easter eggs and plant seeds in like season one that come to fruition in season six. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love Game of Thrones. And I'm also keeping tabs on being Mary Jane, although this season is not that fantastic. Why is everybody hating on this season? This season I thought was was fine. I, I mean, I so actually uh, <clears throat> when we, uh, shall we say, missed our window earlier to record this podcast, I actually went ahead and uh, watched Being Mary Jane, the season finale, or the mid-season finale tonight. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was frustrating because Mary Jane's a frustrating character. But <laughs> this season with, with the whole change in New York, so I like the whole – the whole background, or the, not the background, but the whole backstory on, on, uh, on her, her being a fan of uh, Rhonda Sales, like the veteran anchor, her vying for the anchor job and stuff. I dig it. It's fine. I like it. Well, you know, I, I think there are certain things that I that, that have rubbed me the wrong way, and I think Kara, Kara's relation, she and Kara's relationship, has morphed into some weird kind of dynamic, which I don't. I can't put my finger on it, but I just don't like it necessarily. I don't That's like. That's fair. They're not like they're not like besties this season. Yeah, um, and I think that there should be some core things that carry over in my mind, sort of season to season. I don't necessarily like her love interest this season. Um, whatever his name is on the show, the British guy. He's not. Okay. I think he was not a a good cast pick. Um, and I hope this doesn't come back to bite me one day where I'm asking this guy for a job or something. I've got to be careful about what I say. Oh, stop. Yes, for all 12 uh, viewers and listeners, downloaders of the podcast, I, that, they, appreciate, they appreciate your caution, I'm sure. They appreciate your caution. Hey. Okay. Hey, so no. and so, so and that I, I guess we'll we'll segue off of that as far as like uh, couples and on screen chemistry to our to our topic of the week. We are doing our top five again. It's been a while since so we had a legit top five. We've had tripods on, upon tripods upon solo pods, but now we have a legit one on one conversation with my good friend Tasha Sanderson. So we're gonna do a legit top five. We're doing the top five movie on screen couples. And here are the rules for those new to the podcast or for those who haven't enjoyed a legit top five from us in a while. You're basically going to name a movie and a central couple between them in this movie. So, for example, we'll take this off the board. This won't count towards the top five. Uh, like, because uh, like, since Boomerang, of course, is my all-time favorite movie, you know, it's going to be – it's just too easy. We're going to take that off the board. So, for example, if you mentioned Boomerang, you would use Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. Or if you thought Eddie Murphy and, and Robin Givens had more chemistry, you'd mention them and you'd give a, a little short description of why you think that they are one of your top five you know, movie couples of all time. But we alternate picks. So I go, then you go, then, then, then I go, then you go, then you go, then I go. <clears throat> and uh, and once someone picks a movie and a couple, they are off the board out of play, you can't pick them. So if you if you were doing this and Boomerang was on the table, I pick Boomerang. Boom, you can't use Boomerang because I already took it. 
So I will go first to show you, or 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 shall I be chivalrous and let you go first since you have an idea how this is played? As long as if you can demonstrate that chivalry is not dead, I should go first. That would be the right thing to do. All right, you have the floor, Tosh Sanderson. Go ahead. <laughs> Who is on your top five on screen movie couples? Love and basketball. <gasps> the Great. Epps. Yes. Well played. Well done. <laughs> Love and basketball. Let me bring this up. Oh my God, I can't, I, I, I eventually got around to it, but I love that, we all love that. So tell us why we all love Love and Basketball. I can tell you why I love it. And I grew up playing basketball. I grew up in LA. It touched so many um, sentimental points in my life. Um, had a boyfriend in college. It just, <laughs> it, you know. Did he play ball too? <laughs> uh, he did play basketball um and you know it just was it was heartwarming you could identify with it and i could watch that movie you know 20 times and not get bored of it she went to usc so, though USC. That, that, that's a problem you're a bruin right i'm a bruin i'm a bruin but you know that <laughs> I, I won't i won't hold that against them there you, you know being, being the whack trojans definitely won't hold it against them <laughs> oh, great pick. Love is basketball. Yes. Yeah. You know what? You, you do get applause for that. That's, that's an all-time classic. Matter of fact, how classic is Love and Basketball? Shoot. It was like, it was just on rerun the other day and people, it, it was just on rerun the other day and people, it was trending on Twitter. People love love and basketball. They, yeah. they love love and basketball. They do. Yes. Um, okay. So, wow. That's, that, that sets a very high bar. Well done, Tasha. Once again, proving why you're one of my favorite smartest people. <laughs> I take that board. Damn it. Okay, so let me think. Let me think. Um, I was actually so traumatized you took that off. You know what? So just as a matter of game three, this isn't necessarily one of my top favorite movie couples, but I know this one's coming next for you, so I'm totally taking it off the board. You can even say it with me, damn it, because you know it's coming. It is the one, the only, Z. Hold on. I'm, I'm actually going to get a drum roll for this. <laughs> Let me get, let me get, can we get a drum over there? Uh, oh, I get it right. There it is. Love Jones. Love Jones. Oh, Love Jones. Lorenz Tate, Neil Long. And let me tell you, first of all, that is like, if there is a movie for, for black people of a certain age, our age, <laughs> yeah. when I think we were yeah. in college when it came out or something. I mean, this is yes. like just one of the number one top five, top three or whatever. Yeah love stories for black folk. Does it still hold up? Have, have you seen it like in the last five years? Because I have it. I'm not sure if it still holds up. I have seen it in the last five years and and thoroughly enjoyed it. However, I did go to see the Love Jones musical and I was like, okay. Wait, 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 wait. There's not a Love Jones musical? Yes, it's like Chitlin Circuit. And, and yeah, we went to see it. We have a friend actually who was performing in it. But it's it's nothing like the movie, so don't don't. Well, that must be awkward. After. It was. <laughs> you just smile broadly. That's all. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Love Jones. Uh, for those who haven't seen it or have a hard time remembering it, um, was it like he was a poet in Chicago, and she was? Uh, oh, she was a photographer. That's right. Photographer. And yeah, what was that? He was a photographer. 
Yeah, she's a photographer. And basically, this breaks all of your first date rules. They meet, they have a great date, which is not necessarily against first date rules. Hopefully, you have a great first date. But they end up hitting it on the first date. It's okay, whatever. But, it, but they fall in love, and they have this great up and down you know, relationship of, you know, late, you know, mid to late 20s, you know, early love, you know, young professionals in Chicago. And the, sound, the soundtrack is fire. That holds up. Please yes. believe the soundtrack holds up. But um, and you have Bill Bellamy in there. You know, the, the friends were, were well cast. Bill Bellamy, Lisa McCole Carson. What happened to her? Uh, they oh. were they were really well cast. I, I you it really enjoyed it. And, and it kind of holds up. But it, it's I think people remember it better than it actually probably was. And I think at the time I really enjoyed it. I saw it on a not necessarily a first date, but I saw it with someone, and 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 that led to a great night. So it definitely gets the party started. <laughs> Uh, and details, yeah. details, details. I'm married, so you got here. <laughs> yeah, about like about a date I had what 20 years ago now. So yeah, it was. But no, it was, yeah. it was it was a good night. I was I think it was in DC. It was it was one of those. It was a long distance boo, but it, we had we had a good time. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those movies where you yeah. kind of remember where you were when it happened and where you saw it. So you know. Oh, okay. Love Joe. You yeah. Can- Kiss and tell after twenty years. That's okay. So. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think she's like married now, got a kid and stuff. I mean, it it was it wasn't destined to last, but it was it was a fun time. It was I was I think it was on spring break in D.C. when it came out, and it was just yeah, Love Jones, fond memories, Love Jones. So that is my pick. So now you go. So now it's on me. It's on so I'm gonna go with Coming to America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what's her name? Sherry Headley. Sherry Headley. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite movies. I could watch Coming to America at any any time and not be bored. Um, love their relationship. If you're really a prince, I'll marry you. The lady on the subway. So. <laughs> Yes. That's good. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was beautiful. That she was great. And she's, love. she's still beautiful. I think I saw um, a, a current picture of her recently, and uh, she's still gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, so that's her in her heyday. But still, yeah. I mean, well, you know, black don't crack. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that's she's right. Italy. Yeah. Oh, see, they look so young. Look at Fritz Akeem. <laughs> He's great. Akeem, my son works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so this was so this looks like 2005. So you're still bringing it. Yeah, come on now. That's that's not bad. She's she's doing it. Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Black don't crank. Well, well done. And actually, so that really kind of threw me off because I was that I was not expecting that. Um, oh man. Okay, so so just to switch it up a little bit, so this doesn't become the all-time black on-screen couples. Although you know, I mean. Some of our couples, we have, we have some good casting, damn it. We have some really good, some really yeah. good stuff out there. I will say, I mean, this one is just a little too obvious, but I'm gonna do it anyways. And I'm going there, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the romance that broke up true Hollywood, uh, true Hollywood royalty, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I mean, it that that movie kind of has all you need. It's got. It's got action. It's got f- fireworks on screen and off. You can tell the camera was off, was off the chain. It's got psychology. That thing is actually – now, I'm not married. You can probably attest to this maybe now that you've got experience in the trenches of, of uh, marriage them or whatever. But uh, the, whole, like, the whole backdrop as it being like extended like marriage counseling I thought was kind of sneaky brilliant. <laughs> kind of sneaky brilliant. Jane 
Jane, was it Jane and John? Jane and Jane and John Smith. My God, that was that was a really good setup. Speak to the to the marriage counseling in the movie, if you can recall it, and I, and, and using it as a setup for for you know a cu- coupling accounts counseling a couple of killers. Ooh, yeah, and I you know I saw that movie. When was that out? Like a decade ago. Like 2005, it had a young Carrie Washington as like the tech girl, Jasmine. Look at that name, Jasmine. First of all, great name, love Jasmine. But Carrie like Washington was like tech support. Really? See, I don't Olivia know. Pope was tech support. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go back even further for my pick. Okay. And totally bypassing, by the way, the whole marriage counseling thing. I don't think I didn't, I didn't peep that, but all right, go ahead. Oh, well, I'm, my apologies. What was the question about marriage counseling? How, well, what do I think about it? Well, I mean, well, so the backdrop of that movie or the, the, the structure of that movie, and I'm, I'm a writer, so I'm big on structure. The structure of that movie was that they were going through like kind of like their whole romance, how they met, how they developed as like a, a team of married assassins together, whatever. And it was all brought through like the device, the conceit of them being in marriage counseling because their marriage is now falling apart. So they kind of go mm-hmm. back into their past to bring it up to the present. And I just thought it was really clever because, you know, marriage counseling, I mean, it's all like psychology. Everything to a degree, once you dig into it, is some sort of psychology. And so I just thought it was really, you know, a clever way to set up the structure of the film is an extended marriage counseling session broken up by flashbacks. Yeah. So I don't remember how they structured that movie, but I thought, weren't they trying to kill one another in that movie? Yes. Like, again, I think their final hit was on each other. <laughs> so that's yeah. Funny. So I, I, re- I do remember that. Um, but you know, certainly, I think that's a that's a that's a decent structure to have around a married couple. Marriage is here. I go. Should I pontificate? Yeah, mar- please, pon- please pontificate for us for a single. Marriage is a journey, and um, therapy sessions are are definitely suggested if uh, you know if, if both parties agree to it, or even if one agrees to it, sometimes you have to drag the other uh, over, but you've got to learn how to communicate. Um, and so that, that's sort of- and, and every once in a while, you got to change the oil, right? I mean, you know, yeah, you can't expect the cars to run, you know, perfect without getting a tune-up here and there, so. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah, talk about like, Andrew, you want to go to therapy? And he'll be like, no, I can hear him now. <laughs> And he's a medical doctor too. You should know this stuff works. What's wrong with him? He's a man of science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, and that's the problem. He's, he, <laughs> he, he, he thinks that he's beyond uh, the need for for a psychology. I think. <laughs> <laughs> He'll figure it out on his own, huh? He'll figure it out on his own. That's right. Anywho, so let's see. Is it back? It's back on me, right? It is on you. All right, so I told you I'm going to go way back, and I'm going to go with Top Gun. Oh, well played, didn't it? And, and specifically the the goose and his wife, that character, not necessarily oh. Tom Cruise, but the character of Goose I and, and his yes. wife. Yes, do tell. Love, love them. I thought they were just the sweetest uh, couple, totally in love, with a kid, just enjoying one another and just living living life to its fullest together. So 
Yeah, yeah, Meg Ryan. I mean, she, it, Ryan. It's, it's it's a small part. I think she has like what four scenes tops. But I mean, she just owns them. But she's yeah. in there. I mean, you're absolutely right. Their love is pretty is is pretty strong. Like, she, <laughs> take me to bed or lose me forever. Lose me forever. You big stud. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, actually, let me, let me find those pictures real quick because she was. Re I really enjoyed her in that in that movie. It, it. I mean, we didn't really recognize. Well, maybe that was before. That was before Meg Ryan was like really Meg Ryan, or maybe actually it was like '84, right? So that was around Harry Met Sally time, right? Like she was still a big deal, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she basically was like, all right, you need me for a couple days, I'll come in and just wreck shop. It's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> Meg Ryan came in. It's Carol Goose's uh, wife. And yeah, it was, and she was just really, really fun to be around. And she, she, and she was always, and also she's kind of like a calming influence on Maverick too, on Tom right. Cruise's Maverick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I like that's, that. That's a great pick. Love that. Yeah, and it also shows that you can be married but not be dull, you know. And that's that's one thing I respect about you, to be honest. You know, from from afar, seeing you and Andrew, you know. Pretty much the, almost the entire way, you know, build a life, have all these damn kids, you know, and still somehow making it work. Two working busy professionals. You know. Well, you have to talk about when we, when you and I first met, right? We met, a, we met for the very first time at a wedding. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, we we kind of met, but you were more like a legend. Everyone was like, "Damn, do you see Drew's girl?" <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know that you were actually like cool as, as hell. Everyone was like, damn, Drew's girl is banging. And we were like, who is this person? How did he pull her? He all kicked his cover. <laughs> and you and I did. He was sitting down and you and I were dancing, if you recall. Yeah, because I, I had a lot more energy back then and I was the dancing machine. I, would, I wouldn't stop. Oh, I, I still kind of put it in, you know, when I do go dancing a few times, I do. But yeah, you got I me mean, at a wedding, at a party, there's music, I'll yeah. dance. Yes, we had a good time. Oh, and okay, and then to extend it even more, to further embarrass me even more, you were like, oh, he's a cool guy. I've got a lot of cool girlfriends. Let me interview him for him. <laughs> Let me have this hey. fool make me, so this, this is how crazy he was. Let me have this fool make me dinner. See what his cooking skills are like. Let me see what, what, is, what, is, what his game is like, and then I'll go, go back and report to my girls and see if there's one I can hook him up with. And of course, I fell for all of them, and none of them wanted me, so, you know, long story short. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Great story, Jackson. Great story. I know. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, that Top Gun is it's hard to beat. So, we, so we've done what, three each now? Or that was your fourth, right? So I did three. I did Love and Basketball, Coming to America, and Top Gun. You did Love Jones okay. and Mrs. Smith. Okay. You are taking notes. Thank you. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, hmm. Love Jones, Mrs. Smith. That's oh man. I, I thought I'd be better prepared than this. Uh, there, there's so many good ones too. They're they're running through my head. Um, mm, you know what? I, I it just, it's the specificity too of you doing um, of of you doing uh, you know Goose and and Carol was 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 really good. That kind of threw me off. That was that was unexpected. <laughs> now now I'm tempted to be even more. Obscure in a popular <laughs> film. Uh, who who's really had really good chemistry? Right? You know what? Damn it! You know what? I'm gonna go a little off the board in this one. I'm gonna say actually no. I'm go no. I'm going mainstream. I can't believe I missed this one. Titanic. Damn it! Oh, Titanic. Go on. Yes. Leo and Kate. I mean, I mean, come on. Let's let's be real. When you first saw that movie, you bawled like a baby. Because I know I, I did. 
I didn't. I was actually snoring in the theater. <gasps> Who hurt you? Who it hurt you? Long. It was too long. That was long. That was long. That was long. But no, I mean, Jack and Rose? Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. Why did my voice go up like two octaves? No, seriously? Seriously? Jack and Rose? Yeah, they, they, they were I. <laughs> that is heresy. I am here for you, Jack and Rose. That was amazing. I mean, I, I think I saw it three or four times in the theater. That movie also had a, a ridiculous run. If Cinema Draft yeah. was around when Titanic was out, I mean, yeah. you would have been putting that on your call sheet for like five straight months. I think it had like 25 million or more for some something like four or five straight months. Movies don't even last five months in the theater anymore now. That, that's, right. that's the amazing feat. This is true. Can I go off topic for a moment? Go for it. Have you seen Logan yet? Yeah, I have seen Logan. We, we've discussed this very podcast and I, I enjoyed Logan. What do you think of Logan? I haven't seen it, but I wanted to get your recommendation on whether I should see it or not. Oh no, it, it's fire, and also it's last time Hugh Jackman says he's playing Logan, so it's it's worth seeing. The the little girl in it is amazing; like she's going to be a bilingual star. She's athletic and 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 kind of she's she's interesting. Like she doesn't talk much. What she does, she's she's really good. I I enjoyed it. A uh, bit of a it's it's a lot of different movies in one. A bit of a road trip. There's some very sly social commentary about like borders and walls and stuff. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Immigrants okay. and, you know, the whole mutant thing. So, yeah. Okay. okay. Any other movies you want to ask me about while you got me? <laughs> <laughs> it's your podcast, Tosh. Take it over, girl. Oh, my gosh. No, we can – look, we can say – we can go into rapid fire. I'm ready. Okay. Well, so we only – but we, so we've only done three of the top five. We, we still have oh. Five. oh, okay. We each have to do a top five. I got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you have two more. I've got two more. So let's see. I am going to go way back again. Okay. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh, you Patrick had and, and what? What was my girl's name? Baby. But what was her? Jennifer freaking Jennifer. Gray. Jennifer, Jennifer Gray. Gray. Yeah, I'm about to do a little screen share right now. Jennifer Gray. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Great pick. Iconic uh, couple. Nobody puts baby in that damn corner. That's yes. right. Well done. Yeah. Okay, I like, I like. And, and so my next one is going to be The Notebook. Go! Oh, that's a good one. Notebook. I mean, just that that iconic poster scene. I mean, in the rain, all the feels, all the emotions. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's got to be the Notebook. I mean, if we didn't mention the Notebook, we'd be remiss. I mean, yes. it's it, it's it's you know actually, and I remember the time it came out too. Do you, you got to catch me the right time with some of these movies, right? I've done this whole thing about how I wasn't how when Love Actually came out, I was fresh off my breakup with Fabienne. You remember Fabienne? The Haitian I remember. I, remember. <laughs> I was not feeling any kind of love, none, none, none. So when it came out, I gave I think I gave it like three reels or something, or maybe might have given it two. I just, I didn't give it its just due. And then of course, Love Actually is a classic. It has classic pairings and all that sort of stuff in that movie. Yeah, you might want to steal from that. I don't know, but I I really love that movie, Love Actually. But the time it came out, it didn't catch me at the right time, so I couldn't feel it. And I think similarly with Notebook, I remember giving Notebook like two reels. I don't, it's not it's not like a great 
movie per se, but that romance in the in the center was freaking great. Their chemistry was off the charts. So I, I I give it up in yeah, I think I gave it two at the time it came out because it was a little trekly and sappy and Nicholas Sparksy or whatever. But you know, in reality that, that central couple was 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 on point. Totally. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Okay, so drum roll for your last one. What, what's your what's your last best on screen couple? Mo Betta Blues. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, now, who in Mo Betta Blues? There's some couples and coupling going on in there. So I loved Denzel and um, what was the woman's name? Or was it Joy? Joy Lee, Spike Lee's sister. Not Joy, the other one. The one that Sita said she, Williams, yeah. Yes, she said she was going to settle for some of that Mo Betta. Ooh. <laughs> because Mo Betta makes it it's Mo Betta. Mo Betta. <laughs> Williams! What happened to you, girl? Oh, I thought yes. she was going to be... Cinder Williams. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. And, and, there, and there they are in Mo Betta. Man, look at that. Just yes. killing it. Yes, 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 yes. And then nothing came between Bleak and his trumpet. Ooh, nope. yeah. No. Oh Sinda wow! Freaking way. I know it caught up, right? Bakim went by. <laughs> Bakim getting it in. Yes, Mo Better Blues. That that was a really, that's a really good on-screen pair because because even though they weren't destined to last, I mean when they're on, I mean I think and that was rumor has it that that was the movie that made Denzel stop doing like real like sex scenes because I don't know if it was that he get he got too hot or whatever, but after that movie he decided he wasn't gonna do like all-out sex scenes anymore, which is really sad. I never heard of that. Yeah. Wow. So, because all right. So, you know, well-known, little-known fact, whatever. You've actually you've been to my house. You know what a big Denzel fan I am, or whatever. And yeah. and, and I had at one point I had all of his movies, but like five. Now it's just too many. I've, I've lost track. But I read like a biography, like the unauthorized biography on Denzel Washington, and I hmm. think that was in there about how you know he kind of shied away from love scenes after Mo Better Blues because it was just it was, it was just a little too graphic, a little just too, a little, a little just too, you know. Hmm. Just a little yeah. too. Okay. So well, if, okay. if go back to Cinder Williams' profile for just a moment. Sure. Who was, did it say she was married to Billy Bob Thornton? No. Wait, what? Oh. what? <laughs> now, now, now she looks like Halle Berry in this, but I don't think she's married to... Let, let's see. So spouse... Oh, yeah. She was married to him. What? Whoa! Whoa! Wow. Plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Wow. Billy Bob Thornton, that was his stuff for two years? What? <laughs> hey, that was his stuff. <laughs> Men, Lord have mercy. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 so, sorry to disrespect the union that was Billy Bob Thornton and Cinder Williams, but what? The, <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and in this picture, she looks all Halle Berry-ish, too. So now a whole lot more stuff makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yes, yes, for our, for our female listeners, my bad. But man, what? Yeah. I wish, they, I wish, I wish, Google, uh, I wish Google Hangouts had like a car effects or a screech sound. Because I, that's just, I mean, wow. That, <laughs> that, that, that record scratch. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, Pardon my lack of decorum. That was ooh, that was a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I thought we were about lack of 
before him. I just had to call you out on it. That's all. No, no, no. Please, please do. We we we, we self check here. We 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 <laughs> we, we definitely self check in this damn establishments in this dancery. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I guess for my last on-screen pairing, I kind of want to go off the board, off the map with this one, but uh, uh, you know what? I'll 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 play. Well, because no, mm, mm. I I felt like Titanic was a pretty you know uh, down the middle straight lace, you know, hit out the ball. You know what? Damn it! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my one of my go-to's. Well, although I did take. Love and Basketball, or, uh, sorry, Boomerang off the board because it's my favorite movie. Yes. My second favorite movie is, can you guess? After Boomerang? Let's see. Um, I'm, I'm pretty famously touting one of these two movies all the time, one of which is Boomerang, the other which is... Ugh. Hmm. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, White man can't jump. Aw. Now, which, ah. couple, which couple is... Is, oh, uh, oh, of course, uh, of course, uh, Billy Ho, aka Billy Hoyle, and Billy, Billy, <laughs> Rosie Perez, Gloria Clemente, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and where is Rosie Perez now? Is she on anything? That she was on like a version of The View or The Talk or something for a while, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, but after that, I haven't seen her. No, no, she's, I mean, she, she, well, let, let's take a look. What has she been doing? She, she does stuff every now and then. Every now and then she'll show up in, in some movie like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, it's a little sad that she never became like, like the leading lady. She probably, you know, has it in her to be, but I guess some people only have but so much, you know, tolerance for Rosie Perez, I guess. I don't know. I, I love Rosie. I don't, I don't care how squeaky that voice is, you know, all day long. I love her. She's got a lot of life in her. She's got a lot of, um, she's got, like a, I mean, you know, not, not stereotypical fire per se, but she's got a lot of, spunk person like she's she's really kind of like you know into into life every time i see her in something she's always like very vibrant and, and, and into stuff you know she's yeah. not sassy you know yeah. no she's like you know energetic that's what that's the word i was looking for oh, so look at she, she had a tv going okay yeah she had a tv series going she had what's this pure is that like netflix or something looks like might be like a netflix thing uh search part search party is a tv it was like a streaming series i think um that, I think TBS did that. Search Party. And then, yeah, Puerto Rican Pair. Pitch Perfect 2? Oh, wow. she was. Oh, she was playing herself. She was playing The View host. So, yeah, so her daytime was The View for a while. And right. now I guess she other stuff. Okay. Okay. Billy! <laughs> okay. And we'll bring this in. We'll bring that section in for a landing. Well done. Well done. Way, way to meet the challenge, Tasha. One of my favorite people, bringing in some really unexpected stuff. That's what we have you here for. I like that. Oh, yeah, so rapid fire. Yes, you are actually following the script. Our rapid fire, 10-second sound bites on things happening in pop culture and our lives. And so you do get exactly 10 seconds. I'll hit you up. And so are you excited about Dave Chappelle's Netflix specials? Go. Now that you told me about it, yes. All right, succinct. And I have already seen them. So, yes, they are lit. Uh, they are fun. I do want to see him again in some sketch comedy, but I'll take whatever Dave Chappelle I can get. Last movie you've seen in the theater, go. I am not your Negro, the James Baldwin documentary. Oh, Tasha, we, we you know we may have to bring you back for a special pot on that. I loved that movie, that documentary. Amazing. Oh Amazing. my goodness gracious! Amazing. 
Yes. Oh man, it made me. Uh, it made me. It made me sad, proud, and ready to fight somebody all at the same time. James Baldwin, <laughs> you are one of the lights of American literature canon. Ah. Uh, uh. Yes. Okay. And of course, last movie I saw in the theater, uh, oh, it was Kong, Skull Island, and I covered it in a podcast review. Uh, last date night that you spent with your goofy-ass husband. What did you guys do? Okay. Last date night was a couple of weeks ago, and I made reservations for us to go to dinner, and we had a nice evening. We dressed up and looked good and went out on town. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, and y'all, yeah. I'll give you some applause for that. Keep the love and the spark alive. How long y'all been married? Oh my goodness. We will be, this is our 15th year. Oof, man. And how many kids <laughs> do you guys have? Four kids, 15 years, and still doing date nights every two and weeks. Still doing date nights. Yes. I love it. Strange, strange. Strange. <laughs> Uh, and of course, I don't have a goofy husband or even a goofy wife or even a girlfriend, so I have not had a date night. All right, so <laughs> closest thing I had was was watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones marathon. Uh, okay, uh, what movies do your kids like? Let's see, Sing. So we actually have the our youngest loves the Sing soundtrack, so we've been playing that in the car. Awesome. Um, Sing is a good one. They, what do you think about that? Well, real quick, you'll, you know, we'll extend your 10 seconds. What, what do you think of Sing as, as a movie, though? Because I thought, what values are we teaching here with this koala who's getting over on people, not and stiffing people for their <laughs> triumphs, succeeds? What are we doing here? <laughs> he redeemed himself at the end, right? He brought, he was able to bring the best out of a group of, of folks who weren't confident and had extreme talent, so... I guess. So I don't know. As, a, as a performing artist at one point in time, as an artist all, of, for all time, I, I get a little squirrely when people don't pay me for my services. I'm just saying, but go ahead. I, I, you know, I get it. He was like the, the bird man of, uh, of animated movies, I suppose. You know, <laughs> discovering talent, not paying them, but yeah. You see that? You hear that, y'all? She just dropped a Lil Wayne Birdman reference. That, that's what I. That's that's what I bring to the podcast. Damn it! We, we go. We we got levels to this. Or levels to this. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah, so they okay. like. They also like the series. Um, uh, the Last Airbender. I don't know oh. if you watched any of those. Those are amazing, actually. I actually really like those shows. I heard, and they made a mess of the movie. I actually walked out after paying good money to see that movie, so I certainly well, hope those series is better than the movies were. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't see the movie, but certainly the TV series is, is incredible. It, it single-handedly almost killed M. Night Shyamalan's career for good reason. Like, he deserved to go to the, to, what was it, to, to the, to the bleeding hut out in the middle of the woods by himself <laughs> to be out there. <laughs> Straight on. He, no, he's back though. Now, trust me. Have you seen? You probably seen Split. The Split was lit. I really enjoyed it. He's back. Give him a smaller budget and like a compressed time, a shooting schedule, and he will give you some magic. He's he's back. Split looks look too crazy for me to watch. So it, it's 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 not like I mean it's not like a lot of like chop him up. It's more like thrill him up. So yeah, it's it's. Okay. I'm not like about that horror life really. I mean, yeah. I, I, of course I saw Get Out. Get Out was great. It was awesome. Definitely, if you can you know take your corny ass husband to go see that, then yes, definitely go see it. Oh yeah, I will kiss your husband today. I die because he was my next door neighbor, freshman year roommate, whatever. So yeah, you know we we, we go back. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate I hate him. I hate, I hate he looks the exact same now as he did 20 freaking years ago. Who does that? 
it hasn't gained a pound, still looks goofy with a little glad, you know, and he got the girl. Hate that. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have kids, so this one doesn't apply to me. So next one is, oh, and did anyone in your household go see Beauty and the Beast or want to see Beauty and the Beast? Yes, Sana saw it actually Friday when it opened. She and her, her friend went to see it. So she had- How been- old is our dear Sana? I miss her. I taught her poker like five years ago and I miss yeah. not being able to come back and, and see what, if she's progressed. <laughs> she is a teenager through and through, but she's, a, she's really a, 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 good, a good young lady. Um, and we've had her over sketch. We had her like what taking like judo and learning the piano or violin or something. She's speak, speaking Chinese or Mandarin or something. I mean, you had her over schedule. I mean, she was too busy Ooh. to get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, she still is very active. Um, and she has a lot more independence and freedom to, to do the things that she wants to do as long as she keeps those grades up. So ah. let me let me announce she did get straight A's in this advisory. So very yeah. proud of that. Hey. Now, is she athletic like her mama? Because, you know, you used to play a little ball. I heard. I ain't actually seen it. I ain't seen it, but I heard you used to play ball. She is. She plays soccer. She runs cross country. So um, we ran a 5K not too long ago together. So she's, uh, she's definitely <laughs> athletic. Oh, okay. All right. Well, sorry, sorry for, sorry for the, the family break in the middle of the podcast, y'all. I haven't caught up with my girl Tasha in a minute. So. <laughs> Here, the family's all straight. The family's all straight. Okay, well, yeah, well, so, and of course, we know how I feel about being the beast of this podcast because I have no zero desire to see it. I avoid the multiplex entirely, actually, last week because I knew it was going to be crazy. $174.75 million one weekend. That's just nuts. And I, it must have been a nightmare out there. Okay, so, yes. On to the next segment. In preparation for the shot list, we are going over, of course, what Cinema Draft is. It is the fancy sports version of the movies. You draft 10 actors who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have 100K in budget to try to draft all 10 of your actors. 10 actors, no more, no less. You have three release types of movies, wide screen release movies, which is 2,000 screens and up, limited release between 500 and 2,000 screens, and platform release, which is 500 screens and less. You must have one actor each, at least from each of these release types uh, on your call sheet. Headliners are two per movie. These are the actors that people pay money to see. You have two per movie, and their points are worth 40% more. So, for example, if Suicide Squad earns $100 million, Margot Robbie would get 100 points at one point per million in wide release, while Will Smith would get 140 points. It's free to play. We have over $200 in prizes this week, plus a $25 Beat My Sheet promotion bonus for anyone who has, if they have the highest call sheet, highest scoring call sheet, and it's not my call sheet, then they can get a nice, juicy $25 bonus. In our first week of the promotion last week, ain't none of y'all beat my sheet, so I kept that money. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good, though. Actually, I actually enjoy this, Tasha, because it's actually, I mean, I'm competitive enough as it is, but I got a lot going on with this this, uh, company's business. Constantly in fundraising mode. I do all the social media. I do all the newsletters and all sort of stuff. And I'm always setting up new things to make the game, you know, uh, uh, fun and exciting. And so, so you know, I can I can admit that, you know, some weeks I just don't always have, you know, I'm not, I'm not always on my game. But having that added push of having to give them an extra twenty five dollars in an already free game, 
I mean, I, I definitely brought my, I definitely brought my A game. And also, big shouts to my boy, to my boys, Jay Devlin and the Hebrew Hammer. Y'all tried to come with the king with a twenty dollars side bet. Y'all lost. Hit me on the PayPal, ejace one at gmail.com. All right. So, <laughs> y'all know how it is. So, anyways, beta testing opening live, and we will get now to the shot to the shot list. And these are views you can use to pick the winning Cinema Draft call sheet. Now, Natasha, you've known me for a while. You've known I've been doing this for a while. You've known about the spreadsheet version for a while. Yeah. When are you gonna come play our game? Damn it. Um. Must I commit live? Shame! Shame! <laughs> Shame! Came you need a bell to ring at the same time. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, I think I have a bell. Hold on. Shame! 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 <laughs> but no, but for real though, so it's not a spreadsheet. We got a nice site, spent thousands on thousands of dollars for this site. It's it's automated. It's fun. You can even do it on your mobile device now. Oh, lovely. Okay. What's up? Okay. I got to I got to dip my toe in the water for sure. Okay, well, well, we'll study the, these shot list notes that we about to jump into because we're going we going to get we going to uh, put you on some game here, all right? So basic on uh, some basic strategy for those newcomers. We we're, we're adding new players every week. It's very exciting to see. Uh, some basic strategies that you want to have as many headliners as, as you can afford, but you definitely want headliners from movies that you think are going to perform. Now, because you have because the scoring structure is stratified by release type, you get one point per each million in wide release. You get one point per every 500,000 in platform release. No, sorry, sorry, in limited release. And then you get one point per 100,000 in platform release. So to give you an idea, at least I can dig this up for us real quick. To give you an idea of how some of these movies performed at the box office last week, scoring-wise, uh, here's here's the, the the breakdown from the from last weekend's results. So you can see, obviously, you know, Beauty and the Beast killed it with 174.75 million. <clears throat> so that, so if you're a headliner that got you 244.65 points, you definitely want to have some Beauty and the Beast on your call sheet. But mm -hmm. because Beauty and the Beast was so expensive, mm -hmm. look at that, 25 grand, 26 grand for a headliner, 25,000 just for a normal actor on Beauty and the Beast, you could only really afford about two actors from Beauty and the Beast, and then you had to figure it out from there. And that's what made the game really fun, because we had some really, really cool strategies that worked last week. Uh, even though I did win, I didn't win by much. Everyone had, uh, we had a separation of between, what was it? Like one point separated second from fifth. Mm. Everyone, had the, had, everyone had what we call a headliner stack of Emma Watson and Dan Stevens from Beauty and the Beast, but it, everything else is, is everything else was on the margins. Like how well you stacked your platform releases, how who you chose for your limited release. It was very very tight knit strategy. So as you can see here, you know it was like so 525. You know Smart Ash, who's actually she's, she's only it's a she's only been playing for like three weeks now. She's a really strong player already. <clears throat> uh, since I can't win any money, obviously since I run the game. She got first place money, and then second, then uh, third, third and fifth were separated by less than a point. So it's oh, wow. so, and it all kind of depended on who you picked outside of your headliner stack. So, we'll find out, so we'll try to do uh, right by you, give you some optimal strategy, so some tips, some some stuff to look out for going into the call sheets uh, this week. Uh, so the first part of the shot list is the A list. And these are actors you will definitely want on your call sheet. Uh, so obviously we're going to go with, of course, Dan Stevens. He is the cheaper of the two headliners in Beauty and the Beast. 
He costs $25,800. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, of course, is still going to perform strongly, even if it drops 50%, which it very well could in its second weekend. You're still looking at $90 million. There's just no way you're fading this. Um, it might even be wise to repeat the headliner stack of Emma Watson and Dan Stevens this week. Even though it's going to cost you half your budget for just two actors in your call sheet, it still might be the play to make. Because even at $90 million, uh, at a wide release at one point per million, with the headliner bonus of 40%, you're looking at mm, 126 points for each headliner actor. So keep that in mind for Beauty and the Beast. And if, of course, you go that route, you're looking at a Stars and Scrubs strategy, which might preclude you getting some other actors. But if you're looking to do something a little different, Elizabeth Banks from Power Rangers looks like the cheaper of the two headliners. If you want some exposure to Power Rangers, which, although the estimates from uh, Box Office Pro have yet to come out for the weekend, they usually come out Wednesday afternoon, I, I, I think Power Rangers is going to do some business. I think it could do about 40 to $45 million in its opening weekend because there's a lot of affection for the Power Rangers uh, brand, I guess. So were you ever into Power Rangers, uh, Natasha? So our kids, a couple of our kids were, and the um, clips that I've seen actually look quite, you know, interesting. So... Yeah, and I, I was I, I kind of missed the Power Rangers thing. And even, I mean, I was like at the very tail end of the demographic per se. Like, I mean, I think there are some teens still watching. I just never got into it, never really watched it. Uh, the TV show that is Power Rangers. But the trailers for Power Rangers, the movie, look interesting, yeah. look fun, look irreverent. It's multicultural. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in. It's an origin story. You know, I, I can probably, I probably won't see it this weekend, but as I was mentioning on the podcast earlier today, the, the recap pod, I could see myself seeing it like on a Wednesday matinee. I, I, like, I never have like any downtime per se, but if I ever need to get like a break from staring at my three monitors, I'll go to, you know, I'll go to the go to the casino and they have a movie theater there and see a little $5 holla, you know, on a, on a yeah. Wednesday. And the yeah. show, they used to have, they had just, they were shot sort of in an in an old school fashion which was which was funny so i think the movie diverges from that uh kind of directorial choice uh that the show's selected oh interesting uh, well, at least, well at least they they still bring back some of the the spiritual dna because brian cranston i guess got his start as a power ranger so he plays like some sort of you know voice role or something and then and then of course uh your girl uh, elizabeth banks i think she also was either power ranger or she guessed it on or something but they wanted to have her in there so it's you know they're you know, I, I like the, the little homage to the original what got him there yeah, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, and I and I think I think uh, the forty million plus is a big is a good bet this weekend. I think we may even make it our weekly over under. So co-starring, these are some values you want to look out for this weekend. Uh, and I, I'm I'm a little prejudiced. I have this on my sheet. I'm actually going to diverge from my sheet. I actually have Michelle Dockery from the Sense of an Ending on my sheet, only because it's been out there for a couple of weeks. We didn't have it in the talent pool. My bad. <laughs> but we're, we're bringing it in this week. Uh, Michelle Dockery is on this show on TNT called Good Behavior, and it's just, it's a really good show. She's really good in it. But actually, when you look closer on the weekend box office results of this movie uh, from last weekend, Sense of an Ending really didn't do what we thought it would do. It did 180000 on 282 screens. That breaks down to $640 per screen. I could probably put up a. I could probably host people in my house and make more on for you screen. You know, seriously on one on one screen. So it's. I mean, I'm. We we're probably missing 
missing out on whatever it took. Actually, it only made look. It's only made half a million dollars on two weekends. No one's seen this movie. It's overexposed on 282 screens. Uh, it, we might theater lock it at significantly less than 282 screens. So that's my bad. Don't go pick sense of an ending, even if it is platform release. I know we're always trying to find gold in platform release, trying to find you know little nuggets of gold, like like a foreign film, what I call 3F, the, the foreign focus film. Those three Fs, man, they perform. Like, like for example, look at this film right here. This is the talent pool. Badranath Ki Duhanya, a.k.a. the Indian film! <laughs> it did 418,000, so at one point per 100,000, it got you, you know, you know like four points, five, uh, almost six points as a headliner. So, you know, you're, you're doing some stuff right there. And it was cheap. So, yeah, so, so never mind. Totally disregard sense of an ending. That's my bad. I didn't do my research early enough. I will give you, though, one other co-star, and this one also has a high probability of failure, but damn it, <laughs> it's for slim pickings out there on, on the, the co-starring front, damn it. After Beauty and the Beast and Power Rangers, it's kind of slim pickings. There's this movie called Slamma Freaking Jamma. Slamma Jamma. We talked about this with the, the recap pod with uh, the Hebrew Hammer earlier today, and I got a text from family of the pod, Jay Devlin. He says he has some inside on Slamma Jam, and hopefully we'll get Jay Devlin on for our Friday morning uh, a weekend preview pod. And that's that's a pod that we do. Uh, yeah, we, we do a weekend preview pod because because basically once so uh, so basically uh, we theater lock the the contests at 6 p.m. Pacific on Thursday. So that's when we lock in the, the release types and the theater counts. So that's what we're rolling with for the, for the weekend. And then uh, all call sheets are due by 10 p.m. that evening. And after that, you know, we just have to kind of wait and sweat it out. So to add to the sweat, we like to kind of take a look at people's call sheets because once everyone's once the game started at 10 p.m. on Thursday, everyone can see everyone else's call sheets. You can see what some strategies are. We like discussing strategies. We like making wagers. We just like, you know, getting an extra sweat in. And, and, and a lot of times I'll be able to get Jay Devlin, you know, in it for a little afternoon pod on Friday, and we'll go over some popular strategies. He takes this game very seriously. Yeah. He actually would have been on this podcast today if he didn't have a podcast of his own, which he does uh, called Mostly Sports. And we just and we're we're junkies. We love playing, you know, DraftKings and and daily fantasy sports, fantasy football, all that sort of stuff. And we are always trying to come up with optimal strategy that plays. And I think it's made us better players. To be honest with you. So he'll so he he gave me a text about Slamma Jamma and he said that it's largely a bunch of Venice League players out there in LA. Mm. And, that, and I asked, can any of them act? He's like, probably not. So, <laughs> and, and have you have you seen any advertising or even heard of this movie Slamma Jamma? I don't think so. That's what I was gonna ask. What is it about? Wow. <laughs> I mean, first of all, if Michael Irvin, yes, football playing Michael Irvin is one of your headliners, I think the movie's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but all I'd say is that I did, I do vaguely recall seeing, vaguely, mind you, in in, in fast forwarding through uh, segments of Being Mary Jane, a commercial for Slamma Jamma. I, to be honest, I couldn't tell tell you what it's about. So wrongfully accused and sent to prison, a former basketball star prepares for the National Slam Dunk Competition while finding redemption in himself and who those he loves. Oh my god! What is this atrocity and why is it on a thousand screen? Oh <laughs> and, and I mentioned on the podcast earlier today that, I mean, I'm probably seeing less than my African-American early 40s prescribed dose of of uh, TV1 and BET I'm supposed to be watching. 
<laughs> but I can't understand what any, I mean, uh, what, uh, uh, what, uh, constituency is out there that's going to see this movie. It's one thing if if a, if a faith-based film is released on a thousand screens because you've got the constituency of the church. They'll turn them out. I right. mean, we, we see all the time in this game where a faith-based film will come out on either platform release or like, you know, six or seven hundred screens and limited release mm -hmm. and, and just do brisk business out of nowhere. Like, like to give you an example, if, if a faith-based film in platform release, like 500 screens or less, uh, does you know two million dollars? Mm -hmm. I mean that is just like you know buku you know uh, cinema draft you know points because that's that's like twenty that's like twenty cinema draft points which is awesome and usually they'll be they'll be valued less like those actors will be cheaper so I'll I'll be very interested to see who turns out for this but I think it's a sleeper this if there is a constituency out there dying for a basketball movie with a football player starring in it. <laughs> I think this is your jam. Otherwise, I have no idea. Uh, so Chris Staples, he's at 6,200. Um, the cheap of the two headliners. If you're looking for a flyer for limited release, it once again limited release is looking pretty pretty weak this weekend. Uh, at the baseball player, right? What's yeah, Jose Canseco exactly. The baseball playing Jose Canseco is in this movie, which what? lets you know exactly how, how high or how low the rent is on this movie. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yes, yeah, so uh, I, I think it's upside for the price is phenomenal and it just might be worth a shot. Uh, cutting room floor, last part of the shot list. Skip these losers. Uh, and I hate to even use this in even the losing category, but hidden figures, we loved you. We've used you extensively. You are now released too widely for your own good. You've been out 13 weeks in release. You've mm. done your duty, damn it. You've earned people money. Ringballs, 22, the winner of the feature presentation two weeks ago, he his use of hidden figures as his his uh, punt for the limited release slot was was the difference in getting him the, the $46 first place money in the feature presentation. So I'm sure he's got affection for you. And he listens to his podcast, I'm sure. Big shouts, Ringballs22. But yes, you're a loser this week, uh, Hidden Figures. Uh, sad to say you've had a marvelous run. And not to assume facts, not evidence, but I'm pretty sure you've seen Hidden Figures. Nespa? Uh, I have not, but I, I, I <gasps> read the book. Pearl clutching. We're, 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 I, I wish my, my, my gif of Diane Johnson. Pearl clutching. <gasps> my Pearl, daughter. Pearl everyone in my house, well, not everyone, but most folks in my household have seen it. And so I, I should say I am reading the book and didn't want to actually see the movie until I finished. So. Oh, what, what's this reading thing? We discourage that here on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Mom. Just kidding. I'm actually working through Matt Taibbi's uh, Insane Clown President. I'm, I'm reading where I can. Okay. Oh, but, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, and like, also song to song. I like when he okay. goes on Bill Maher. Um, Oh yeah, no, Tybee, Tybee's the goat. I've, I've, I've fucked with him for a while. He's, we go back to when I was in the mental field back when, you know, I, I had the, the, the recession and stuff. I, he, I read Griftopia trying to make heads or tails of why I lost everything I lost. So yes, mm -hmm. we, me and 
me, me and Taibi, we, we go back. Uh, and then also, song to song, we're going to totally just skip. I mean, it's Terrence Malick, man. Ter- Terrence Malick movies don't make freaking money. I mean, just give, an, just give an example, all right? And I'm out, out there because it's got a really good cast. It's got, you know, Fastbender, and the cast is off the chain. Like, just these are just the first 10 I could, I could fit into the game. I mean, uh, Gosling, Kate Blanchett, Natalie Portman, Rooney Mara, Benicio Del Toro, Val Kilmer. I mean, wow. yeah, I mean they're, all working for, they're all working for scale. Yeah, we love Val, Top Gun, Top, Top Gun Val. We all love Val. They're all working for scale. It's, it's well cast. But Terrence Malick movies don't make money. I mean, he did, like, what was it? The, I think his oh, oh, okay. Box Office Mojo is down right now. Never mind. But anyways, just trust me. His movies don't make money. So, <laughs> so skip that loser uh, song to song. Unless it goes super wide and gets, like, a ton of buzz, I just don't see it escaping the art house. If you're looking for a platform movie to support on limited screens, take a look at Train Spotting. I only say that because I can't bring it up because Box House Mojo is down. The Train Spotting or T2 Train Spotting, the sequel to Train Spotting, uh, did 34,000 per screen. Had 170 grand on five screens in New York and LA. So that's that's pretty boss. So if that expands even to 25 screens, I might keep my eye on it, eye on it because it is bargain basement min priced at 5,000 per actor with your headliners of Johnny Lee Miller. Love you on Sherlock on CBS, my, my dude. He's uh, Sherlock on CBS's uh, Sherlock, uh, oh no, it's on uh, Elementary Show, sorry. Uh, he's 5,300 and Ewan McGregor is 5,500. So that might be some nice filler for your call sheet this weekend. So what do you, what do you think of the shot list? You, you got, some, got some good insight on who you might want to play this weekend, Tasha? So I... I don't think I can play this weekend because I have to travel. Mm. Um, but what I will do is probably go see Logan. I'll be in LA uh, Saturday through okay. Tuesday. Um, oh, I'll just miss you. I'm scheduling a trip for a meeting out there uh, next Thursday. Aha. 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 So I will. Okay. So I will commit to playing next week if i can do that okay and, and so what name should we look out for what's your what's your screen name do you remember uh probably nd shields one okay that'll work i guess but i'll make another one <laughs> I'll, I'll make something cool and fantastic oh <laughs> okay that'll, you'll probably need to make a new account but since your account hasn't even started i'll delete your old account and create something <laughs> new and fantastic for us okay uh, yes i will all right, all right awesome. I have I have my work cut out for me. There you go. Uh, and so that's uh, pretty much it. We're our over under this week will be Power Rangers. I am going to set the bar at forty five million. What do you think, Nat? Over under forty five million for Power Rangers this week. I think over. Over. Okay. Cool. And I'm actually thinking. I wish I could push, but I can't. I'm thinking just slightly. Under, I think it's going to do me forty-three million. So I'm going to post this poll on our. What's that? This is their opening weekend. This is their opening weekend, yes. But don't forget, second weekend of Beauty and the Beast, and also it's opening up. Well, people are going to go see Life and stuff. Probably aren't going to go see Power Rangers. But uh, and Life is that movie in space with uh, Hall and Ryan Reynolds and like the alien from Mars and all sort of stuff. It looks, looks kind of like like a space Die Hard or like Die Hard in a space station. Something. Like the alien gets loose or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's still going to do about maybe 30 million. So it's, it's a crowded box. It's, it's going to be very tricky. After people headliner stack, 
the uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast, it's really going to be very tricky to find out where the value is because th th there are some wide openers this weekend, some some popular ones. I think my so traditionally after I lock the game Thursday night, I tend to go out to uh, to a theater out in North Las Vegas where they have these. Uh, these uh, D-Box seats where the seats move and stuff. I love that. So if there's a D-Box movie coming out, I don't think it's going to be life. It might be Power, it might be Power Rangers. I'll actually make that my, my Thursday night post-lock movie, you know? So, well, I'm, okay. my kids will want to see Power Rangers, so I don't know if uh, their dad will take them this weekend, but certainly I'll take them next weekend when I'm back in DC. Oh, that's a good mom. That is a good mom. Yeah. <laughs> you and your <laughs> half a dozen kids. You, you're, hey. you're, you're, you're 11 kids. <laughs> Divided by three. <laughs> that's right. So that's right, everybody. Go to our poll. We're going to post it to our at Play Cinema Draft Twitter account. Oh, also, very key. We're going to be tweeting um, every day until our goal is met. We are now doing a thunderclap campaign. What is thunderclap? I barely know myself. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to show you real quick what a thunderclap campaign is. We are basically trying to get more supporters, bring more notoriety to the game. Very important that, that we support the game. It is a free game, Dan. We're giving away money, so so tell all your people about it. Come check us out on Thunderclap. Basically what it is, it's kind of like a organized flash mob. You commit to, to having the Thunderclap program or the Thunderclap app uh, post for you on a certain day and time. It's going to be, I believe, April 2nd at noon uh, get to raise awareness about the, the game. Oh, look at that. We have five supporters. Great. So, Natasha, you know what to do once you get off this uh, podcast. Go to our link, Thunderclap. We'll be, uh, it, I think it's pinned to our, to our, uh, to our profile on, on Twitter. So definitely go there and on Facebook. Uh, click the link and support. Costs you nothing. Basically saying that they will post a one-time message to your account on midnight Eastern time, April the 2nd. If we get, if we hit our goal of 100 supporters by April 2nd, we will almost triple the prize pool in the feature presentation. That's right, Dan. We're giving out over $100 to first to the feature presentation. So check us out. All right. Thunder Clizap. That's right. I think I'll put a link in the. Oh, that's right. Links in chat really don't carry over. So never mind. But yes, that's so definitely check us out on Thunderclap. We've got five supporters. We are approximately five percent of our hundred person goal. Get us to a hundred. Let us triple the 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 prize pool. Almost. Uh, I think it's almost triple. It's like three hundred thirty five dollar will be the prize pool over our normal hundred twenty five dollars. So we're we're doing big things. Uh, get let us reach our goal. Spread the word. Increase our social reach. Make this the game we all know it can be. And that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you, Natasha Shields Sanderson, for coming on our show. Thank you. Thank you. Up so good to have done this tonight. Um, oh, so I think you're amazing, number one. So I just want oh. to say, and I, I definitely appreciate um, you having me, and I'm, it's oh, nice. Thank you. Are, are you are you slipping on your Chuck Woolery suit again? Are are you? Do we have a new uh, victim for me to date? <laughs> well, you know, I'm always on the lookout, always on the prowl for you. Amen. <laughs> um, so yes. Hashtag uh, you single. <laughs> <laughs> so all the single ladies. 
That's right. And uh, and so in bringing this to a close, just a reminder of where you can find Cinema Draft. You can find us at cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. Make sure you tell all your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend. Play. It's free. It's, it's free, damn it. We're giving away money. If you have a PayPal account, we will pay you, I promise. We segregate our funds, so for each week, we've set aside the money we're giving out, and we just got a, you know, a, a bank full of money to come get this money. It's free to play. It's fun to play. Tell it, spread the word. Let's let's fill these suckers up this week, people, so I can expand the player pool next week. So I can expand the prize pool next week. I want to give this money away. Show Hollywood that you're watching and listening. That we're going to the movies more. That we're supporting them, and they hopefully will help support us. You can also uh, make sure you get your call sheets in by 10 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays. We do theater lock at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. That is when we get the theater counts in and accurate and locked for purposes of our game. So if a limited release is limited at 6.01 or thereabouts p.m. on Pacific time on Thursday, it is going to be a limited release. There will be no funny business. So double check your call sheets after 6 p.m. on Thursdays if you've already put one in. I appreciate all your support. And do you have anything to plug before we go, Natasha? Anything you want to plug besides the resurgence of democracy not dying in darkness? (laughs) Um, Anything I want to plug? Let's see. I'll plug some. Besides, you know, it's not, you know, being the smartest kid in the world and just a great personal round. Yes. Um, So I'm going to go see Logan. I'm going to play Cinema Draft next week. I'm going to get my... Get my act, get my act together here, um, and stop BSing on submitting my call sheet. Damn straight, and we we appreciate it because honestly, I mean, I mean, while we are always on the lookout for resources and stuff, we also need players. More players equals more traction equals us being more you know likely to get an investor to invest in us. So I really appreciate your support, and thanks for you know coming on the podcast and showing your support that way. I appreciate that, and uh, looking forward to getting you back on the podcast. You, you down to come back? I would absolutely come back. Ah, oh, awesome. All right, we'll we'll have to think of either a great subject. Uh, a, a great top five to bring you back for, and or they can just kind of jump on one of our recaps. You know, kind of maybe maybe we'll do a recap after your first call sheet submission. Maybe we'll do that. That'll, That'll be fun. Good. That'll be good. I might even I'll tell Andrew. Maybe he'll want to do it. But he's you know. yeah. Tell his punk ass he ain't got nothing on me. Tell <laughs> tell tell him tell him to come get this money. I swear, if it's taking twenty five dollars out of my pocket, he'll sign up. That's all. <laughs> get the good Doctor Sanderson on here trying to get my money. That's all. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Y'all know what to do. Support our Thunderclap. Support us on all our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Our corporate blog is at Medium. We even have uh, – we're on iTunes and and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our iTunes channel or anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, and also, Mom, the Draft Mom is traveling this uh, tomorrow. So travel safe, Mom. Love you. Hope you listen to this on the plane. And everybody, this weekend – while you are out and about having a great time, go see a movie or something.